Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lens of Faith podcast. This week, I'm going to share a little bit about the story of Leah in the Bible and the common misconceptions of who she was and the mind-blowing revelation that God gave me on her true identity and what this means for us and our identity. So as you might know, I pray about who God wants me to have, maybe a guest or exactly what I'm supposed to speak on. So this week as I was praying, you know, I prayed for a few days and I didn't really hear of anybody that God had for me to have on the show or really what he wanted for this week. But what's interesting is something happened with my website and I basically had to go on my website, go through every single post from four years back. So like hundreds of posts. I had to make everything more SEO and Google friendly, which might sound foreign to you, but it's kind of back in things for your website. And here I was frustrated because it was so time consuming, but it's interesting how God sets us up, right? He does this so many times. So as I was going through all the different posts, I had to kind of skim through and read over a lot of the posts, you know, to make sure that they were compatible. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and he said, I want you to share some of what I've already poured into you. So I said, okay, God, well, what do you want me to speak about this week? It wasn't until last night I was restless and God woke me up and he reminded me of one of my very first posts about identity crisis, about the story of Leah in the Bible. It's a super powerful message. Even as I reread the post, I got very emotional. And so I'm so excited on what he has for you today. It was such a powerful, life-changing revelation for me. And I know it will be for you as well, because we all struggle with identity crisis at some point in our lives. So have you ever wanted to change your name? You know, growing up as a church girl, going to the Bible bookstore with my family, um, it was when it really hit me at a young age of my name, Leah. You know, I really didn't have a problem with my name until I started to learn about who Leah was in the Bible because I would hear about it at church and Bible studies. And when we would go to the bookstore, my, my siblings would buy a bookmark with their name on it, you know? Any of you that grew up in the church, you know about the Bible bookstores, right? And our names, we would get bookmarks and it would say the name and meaning of our names, right? And we'd put it in our Bible or we'd hear messages about our name and we would love the the history of the story of our name, right? You know, names like David, King David, or Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? So when I was younger, you know, my parents would take us to the Bible bookstore, me and all my siblings, you know, I have a big family, and um, they would find a bookmark with their name, and the meaning on it would be like grace or star or prophet, right? And I'd be excited to go get my name, and mine was like weary or weak eyes. And I just remember never wanting to buy anything with my name on it if it had that definition, because who wants that, right? (laughs) I mean, of course, you know, I never bought that bookmark, right? Who needs to be reminded of that? For those of you that might not know the story of Leah, let me share a little bit about what the Bible says about her. From the moment that Leah appears in scripture, she's described as having weak eyes in Genesis 29, 17. There were two sisters, Rachel and Leah. Rachel was beautiful and had the love of Jacob, and he was so smitten with her that he offered her father seven years of hard labor in exchange for Rachel. But when it came for his prize after seven years, he's like, I worked hard for this girl. Where is she? You know, on his wedding night, Leah was in his bed instead, so he was tricked. So Laban, his father-in-law, deceived him. But Jacob's love for Rachel was so great that he offered to work another seven years to claim her. (laughs) We need some men like that now. 
But meanwhile, Leah was yoked to a man who didn't choose her, who didn't love her, or want her. Yes, girl, it's true. (laughs) But, you know, going to Bible studies and church services growing up, you know, when I would hear that they were going to speak about Leah, honestly, I would cringe because I already knew what they were going to say about her. It was like I was hearing my name be announced. Everybody would stop, turn, and look at me because we shared the same name. And really, everybody that would speak about her would just speak about what the Bible says about her and not who God says she really is. You know, they would speak on the negative view of her story. And even though I don't really relate to Leah, you know, she's my namesake and my Bible character, right? So when I would be in a room hearing this, you know, people talking about Leah of the Bible and all these negative things about her, I would casually joke to those sitting near and I would tell them, yeah, you know, my husband didn't want me because I had weak eyes, you know, and it would make everybody laugh, but it kind of stung, you know. I have mom friends that are convinced that the naming of their child is of great importance and it actually defines who their children will be. You know, I've heard moms say things like, you know, we're going to name our child Ethan because it means strong and powerful. And so they're just hoping that whatever their name means, that's what their child will become. You know, I remember a long time ago just telling this pastor's wife, I just like the name Cameron. I just like the name. But she was quick to kind of jump on me and she said, do you know what Cameron means? It's not a good meaning, right? And I was just like, well, I still like the name. (laughs) So there's a lot that comes with the name. I think people can take it too far, but really there is a lot of power in a name and it is your identity your whole life. But you know, Jesus tells us that before he formed us in the womb, he knew us and before we were born, he set us apart. But then God revealed a truth bomb, and I've never looked at the story of Leah the same. One sweet day, God showed me who Leah really was, and that I had it all wrong. And most pastors and preachers that tell the story of Leah don't have this revelation. God started to correct the misconceptions of who people say Leah is. You know, that she had weak eyes, she was unloved, you know, she was forgotten, she she was unattractive. Well, the truth is, the meaning of weak eyes back then didn't mean lack of sight. Back in those days, all it meant was light eyes, such as gray or blue. So strong eyes were more common in Jewish people, right? Such as dark brown. But in reality, Leah had beautiful light eyes and might have very well had 20-20 vision, right? So weak eyes doesn't mean that she couldn't see and she was unattractive walking around half blind all the time with a husband that didn't love her, right? In reality, she just had light eyes. Wow. And although Jacob was in love with her sister, it was Leah that God looked down on with favor. Back then, the proof that God had favor on women, was bearing children. So if he opened your womb, then he was well pleased with you, right? So he opened Leah's womb and blessed her with seven children. Rachel, however, remained childless and became so jealous and disappointed that she gave her servant to Jacob to bear her children. Come on, girl. But then God continued to unfold the truth to me even more. And this was mind-blowing. Leah was actually the direct lineage of Jesus Christ. Wow, come on guys. What a twist to the story, right? A completely different view of who I always thought Leah was and what her legacy meant. She was the direct 
lineage of Jesus. Of all the women in the Bible, it was Leah that was the direct lineage of Jesus. I'm telling you, friends, the devil is after our identity. His goal is to keep us bound and for us to continue living with a negative opinion of who we are. And when we think little of ourselves, we abandon our purpose. You know, he wanted me to keep believing the lie that Leah's identity was a weak-eyed, unloved, and rejected castaway, when in fact she was favored by God, and she was the direct lineage of Jesus Christ himself. I understand that Leah in the Bible isn't actually who I am today, but it does show how the enemy can use anything to lie about who you really are. All he knows to do is lie because he is the father of lies. Our true identity is in who God says we are. So don't let the enemy deceive you any longer, for you have a purpose, you are deeply loved, and I encourage you to study his word and ask God to reveal your true identity. Know who you really are in Christ and break off any lies keeping you from who you're meant to be. We can also learn a great lesson from Leah's faith in God and from her trials. God is the giver of all good gifts, and Leah always gave credit to God and God's providence. When she felt alone and unloved, she prayed and trusted God, and God was there to help. She held on to hope and saw God was blessing her. God's love transformed Leah of the Bible's life, and He has transformed mine as well. We are not who people say we are or even who we think we are. We alone are who God says we are. But that truth will only set us free when we get it from our head into our heart. That's why it's so important to daily captivate our thoughts and to stay in close connection with Jesus every day. Then when the enemy tries to lie to us or people say things about us, we can stand with confidence in who we truly are. You know, the the enemy is a thief, and he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God has come that we might have life and have it to the full. As it says in John 10.10, I'm telling you, friends, the devil is after our identity, and it's his goal to keep us bound. We have to talk back. When the lies come, the ones you've believed about yourself, the ones that others have told you, all those thoughts in your head, things you read online, the ones that might tell us that we're ugly or stupid or worthless, purposeless, a failure, dumb, a mistake, forgotten, unloved. We have to take those thoughts captive because they are lies and they are not who we really are. We have the power to intentionally quit thinking about them and think of new thoughts based on God's truth and to talk back. And the more that we captivate our thoughts and the more that we speak on who we truly are and we make it a habit, the more that we will believe the truth as well. And then when the enemy tries his old tricks of lying to us, we can say, not today, Satan, but in order for you to recognize lies, you must know the truth. So speak out loud the truth of who God says you are. Encourage yourself, build yourself up, tell yourself the opposite of all the lies you're hearing. When the past screams you are hopeless, useless, or not good enough, speak out the truth such as God gives me hope. I am used by God. I have a purpose. I am smart. I can do this. I am strong.
On the blog, I have two identity posts, one identity crisis and the other is identity theft. You will see a list of scriptures that are truth that you can speak out loud over your life, such as I am alive with Christ, which is in Ephesians. I am a new creature in Christ, which is in 2 Corinthians. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, which is also in 2 Corinthians. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world in 1 John. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me in Galatians. I am greatly loved by God in Romans, Ephesians, and Colossians. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in Philippians. I am God's workmanship created in Christ for good works. That's in Ephesians. And I'm more than a conqueror through him who loves me. We are who God says we are. So don't let the enemy deceive you any longer because we have a purpose and we're deeply loved. So I encourage you, friends, to study his word and to break off any lies keeping you from the truth. Oh, and by the way, Jacob actually requested to be buried next to Leah and not Rachel. So really, when it was all said and done, she got her man. (laughs) Yes, she did. Well, this wraps up our time today in our talk on identity. I hope that you feel blessed and encouraged knowing the truth of who Leah really was. She's such a great example of how people thought she was unloved. She was unattractive. She had weak eyes. But the truth was God called her to so much greater. He called her beautiful and loved and favored. And that is the truth of who God says we are. So believe on that, friends. Dwell on that. Meditate on that truth. And don't ever give up. I'm going to pray over us today as we end. Lord, thank you for unveiling the truth to us, Lord God, of who we really are. Break off any mindsets. Break off anything that's not of you. Any lie that we've been believing maybe our whole life of our identity and who we are that's not of you. Lord, I just pray you break off any mindsets, any lies, anything that anyone has spoken over us or anything that we've believed that's not of you. Lord God, I pray you set the captives free and bring transformation to each and every person and listening today, break off any chains, break off strongholds or any bondages that would keep us from being who you've called us to be. We are who you've called us to be and nothing else, Lord God. I ask you to come and heal any brokenness, Lord God, associated with identity crisis or any identity theft from the enemy, Lord, that you would break off anything that's not of you. Come in with your power, Lord. Touch hearts, touch minds, touch souls, Lord God. You have given us the authority to take ground, Lord God, and to have the authority of our mind, body, soul, and spirit, Lord God. Start to speak to us in a fresh new way. Reveal who you are to us, Lord God. So that we would know and fully believe in who we are in you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Subscribe at leahmariecarson.com and follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith. Remember, life becomes clearer when we focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon.